Show on Cape Talk, your number one news and talk station. Pablo Fatidis from Auric Business Incubator. He's in studio with me this evening. It's good to see you again, Pablo Fatidis. We want to talk about the different kinds of money that circulate in your business all the time. And we're not talking about if you're in some kind of dodgy deal and you get some dollars and you get some euros and you get some rubles. We're not talking about that kind of money. We're talking about different types of money. We'll explain more in just a moment. Just your thoughts right now. Um, we've had lots of discussions tonight on ESCOM, um, stage three load shedding and the consequences of that and the warning from Tito Mboweni today that if we don't sort it out, we're going into a recession. Already the Reserve Bank, which you used to run, is forecasting a slowdown from 27 to 2.3%. Um, the guys will take out their slide rules or whatever they use to, to, <laughs> to, to sort out because you can't plug their calculator anymore, so you need the slide rule. I hope you remember how to use it. To, to look at what prospects are. And, I mean, in small business, people don't have money for generators and, you know, alternative power sources and all that sort of stuff. But a lot of the time, it's from hand to mouth. It very much is so. But, Bruce, you know, the thing that, that, that I don't understand, in the businesses that I work with, the entrepreneurs that I work with, so those individuals who are doing up to, let's say, about 60, 70 million a year, from zero to, to that range, mm-hmm. Bruce, in, in South Africa, I, and, and I'm very fortunate because I've had the opportunity to work with entrepreneurs in Germany and Greece as well as um, uh, the UK and the US. And the, the individuals that I come across here are rich in ideas. They're rich in creativity. They're constantly looking at an angle or an opportunity to create something where there's nothing. And I'm just amazed that the relationship between business and government doesn't allow the juices of that creativity to flow because there are a number of people out there who can create small regional capabilities to ease the pressure of ESCOM. Yeah. There are a number of people out there who've got very big ideas as well as have the capabilities behind them to implement a larger scale effort. But unless that relationship is built, I really think that ESCOM taking on the responsibility of doing this alone in the way that it is through policies that have been instituted well, good luck to them, because that's a long, hard, tough road. It's full of liability, and it so far seems to have the probability of low success. Yeah, I mean, Chris Yellen this evening is tweeting quite actively to about Majuba. That's the place where the coal silos split, saying that uh, Unit 3 is stuck ash conveyor. None of this means anything to me, but it's just um, illustrating that there are different problems at different power stations. Duva, the Unit 2, tripped last night. Kuburg, number Unit number 1, is still down. Um, uh, Creel, Unit number 3, has got a boiler tube leak. Camden, Unit number 4, has got a generator hydrogen leak. Uh, this is creaky antiquated technology that just hasn't seen a soldering iron recently enough. No, for a long, long time. And yet, you know, in this environment, from a small business perspective, there are many opportunities. And, you know, we've looked at people who are bringing – you can't buy a generator at the moment. So anyone who's involved in importing generators, servicing generators, that's been doing it for a while, is making proverbial hay whilst in the dark, per se. But the issue is – the, the collective economic velocity that gets lost, especially amongst the SME segment, so the ability to generate daily cash flows, the ability to not lose out on morning trade, the ability to not have appointments cancelled at hair salons or whatever the case might yeah. be, people are losing jobs, businesses are losing profitability. And in that, Bruce, it closes, it shuts businesses down. Andre was saying um, earlier, Cape Town uh, SMS, saying that basically they've – 
done taken the decision to implement stage three load shedding. Um, so they're going for the worst case scenario so that they don't have people coming into work and sitting around looking at each other or, or you know, as people do in the office, apparently get up to mischief if there's enough work mm. to do. Um, and saying, right, look, sorry, those of you who earn hourly wages, there'll be fewer hourly wages. Come in and we'll work as best we can around what would be the stage three load shedding schedule. That's survival of a small business um, you know, and just trying to make ends meet to make sure that there is a business once, hopefully one day, there's enough power. Bruce, I've already started having conversations with certain entrepreneurs who are saying that salaries will be linked to the up and on, the, sorry, the on and off of Eskim's capability. Because when businesses can't operate and generate income, which is one of the first things we're going to be talking about tonight, well then in those instances, how can I continue to pay or continue to employ? So the moment that conversation starts happening, it's going to be felt on a fundamental level within the environment of our country, both at a social level, at a political level, and specifically at an economic level, in the household. Cheerful. Okay. It is cheerful. <laughs> no, God, mm. it's grim. Uh, but those are the realities with which we deal this evening. But yeah. we're going to talk about a different reality, and yes. that is managing different kinds of money in your business. Yes. Um, so, just quickly, high level, um, four kinds of money. What do you mean? You're not talking about currencies. No, I'm not talking about currencies. I'm, I'm talking about... I'm talking about from the perspective of a business owner. Yeah. Okay. And there are two types of business owner. There's the business owner and then there's an entrepreneurial business owner. And an entrepreneurial business owner is someone who just has a different attitude because entrepreneurship goes way beyond business ownership. It, it has everything to do with the attitude with which you approach life. Sure. Okay. And we're going to be talking about the four types. And, I mean, in a nutshell, it's your income which has a particular character to it, and you manage it in a very particular way. It's profit. After that, it's cash flow. And then finally, the most indistinguishable form of money, but the most important for a business owner, is equity. And if you don't wear a different hat or use different lenses in looking at each of them, it becomes very hard to control and manage each of them. Pavlov Fatidis, we're talking small business tonight, the trials, tribulations, the difficulties. But if your small business is in fine shape, you will have four different kinds of money in your business. You'll have income, you'll have profit, hopefully, you'll have cash flow, and you'll have equity. Um, income. Okay, it's reflected, it's reflected on an income statement. It's a snapshot at a point in time. Yeah. You earn your income, and this sounds obvious because it really is, by doing what you said you would do for a customer. I sell widgets, I get five rand a widget, I've sold a thousand widgets, I have 5,000 rand of income. You develop a logos, you develop a logo for a customer. Once the logo is delivered, you get paid. So it gets done, Bruce, by doing a job. It's the function of a job. And the big thing to look out for is who's generating the income? Is it you or is it an employee? There's a massive difference in the view on both. Why does it matter who's generating the income? The income is for the business. Um, if I'm employing somebody, hopefully they're generating income. It's my business. Hopefully I'm generating income too. The reason that it matters is that income is generated all the while the business is open. So if all the while the business is open and you're performing the job of an employee, then as a business owner, you're not building an asset. You've built a job for yourself. Ah. I knew you got there sometime. Mm. Okay, so, it so really... if, if 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 you and I are, I'm in business and I employ you and you're moving a hundred widgets uh, at five rand a day, I'm moving a hundred widgets at five rand a day. I may be better off hiring another you to move those hundred widgets and get me to strategize to develop 
the thing that'll get us to a thousand widgets each a day. Absolutely right. Okay. Absolutely right. But the good thing about income is that it's a very good signal. It's a good signal that the idea you had actually is a business idea. It's a signal that says that maybe you're finding your customers. Because in the beginning stages, when you, ca- when you have an idea and you take a new business to market, it's really hard to find out who you're meant to be serving and what you're meant to be serving them with. But it's almost inevitable in most entrepreneurial businesses that you will be the individual who initially generates that income. Of course. Right in the beginning, your, your massive company, your holdings company has one employee. That's you. <laughs> That is everything from sweeper yeah. to CEO, and it's in fact it's fascinating. Sometimes when I meet certain entrepreneurs and they hand me the business card, and the, on the the title over there is executive chairman. So that's fascinating. <laughs> How many people do you employ? No, it's just me at the moment. Yeah, yeah I had a guy. It's good. I, you need to think big. I have a friend who who who, <laughs> who promoted himself. He was manager. He was managing director. He became chief executive. He became chairman, and then he opened a branch in Botswana. He became global chairman. <laughs> <laughs> International vice president uh, exactly. or president. Uh, or. Okay, so that's important to differentiate. And then, of course, there's profit. But there are many layers of profit, and you can delude yourself into believing you're profitable depending on how you slice and dice this particular line. Yeah, so let's look where to find it. It's measured on an income statement. It's accumulated in a balance sheet. And you get access to it by way of a dividend as the owner. So it has a very particular character to it. It's different to income. It's what's left after the money has gone out and the money has come in. Hopefully there's something there. So profit is really an important measure. But Bruce, it's not the real true measure of a business. It's an important indicator around the potential value of the business. It's an indicator saying that what you're doing is working, but it's not the thing that you should solely, singly be focused on. So many business it's a owners. Snapshot in time. Yeah, absolutely. But so many business owners also fall into the trap of saying, geez, look at my profit. You say, well, what salary do you draw? No, I take a dividend. Say, but then you're not making a profit. I mean, if you if you wanted a salary of twenty or thirty thousand rand a month, and that's the profit you're making in the business, and at the end of the year you pay yourself a dividend for tax reasons or whatever the case is, rather than draw a salary, then it's not a profitable business because you're not accounting for your cost to that business, and you're not reflecting the true performance of the business. No. You know, very often when when I speak to people who are selling businesses and they turn around and say. You know, no, Pablo, there's really no profit there, but, you know, I'm living through the business per se. I'm saying, well, that's fine and dandy, but why should a buyer believe you? A buyer's going to be looking at the profits and saying, but your business doesn't make any profit. What am I actually buying over here? But, Bruce, profit's a really important indicator for two reasons. The two things you should be considering with profit. Was it accidental or was it intentional? Huh? The number of businesses that make profit... And they can't clearly indicate how and why the profit was made. In other words, through the way that I have designed my business, through the people that I serve, through the product and service that I offer, I can't give you a cogent, clear reason as to how the profit was made. Is phenomenal. I see it often. If you can intentionally show me, this is what we do, this is how we do it, this is who we serve, this is how the profit's made, and in fact, that process is constantly repeatable. But then I can sell my business to you. You can buy that business in the, with the expectation that you can take over that profit stream. Correct. And possibly build on it and create your own asset of value over time. Exactly. So if you can show how your profit was intentionally made and it's a repeatable process, in effect, when you buy my business, you're buying a money-making machine. Yeah. So there are five elements to the profit. 
There's bonus profit that you make, and bonus profit should be used to reward and incentivize staff. There's investment profit that helps you build your business to the next level. You're going to have operating profit, and operating profit really fills the gaps because when you grow, those gaps widen and stretch. You have return on investment, and that really is your reward for risk. And then you have the profit that measures the asset of value of your business itself. If it's there, it says that the business is worth something. If it's not, it says something else. And Bruce, this is where it's important in terms of managing profit. Because if you're intentionally creating it and it's working well, in the early stages of your business, depending on what you want from the business, you shouldn't be generating a profit. You generate a profit, you pay a third of it away in tax at the end of every year. That third that you have spent on tax could have alternatively, had you not generated the profit, been entirely invested in building your business to that next level. Mm -hmm. But then there comes a fine point in the life cycle of your experience with the business and what you want from the business. When you're starting to say, hang on a minute, I think that the time for me to now exit is approaching. A year, two, three years before, you need to start reflecting the profits. It's where you start investing less and less in the business and you start reflecting the profits, paying the tax, but you want to show a run rate of profit before you sell. Lovely. Um, Then cash flow, what's the difference then between income and cash flow? A lot of people confuse them to be one and the same. Yes, so income is how money comes in and money goes out. And cash flow simply has a relationship with time. It ticks like seconds on a clock. It's 365 days a year. It's when money comes in and when money goes out. And the two of them can be, you know that expression, that company over there, they grew broke. Yeah. That's what happens. They showed profit. Everything was right. Everyone looked at the income statement. They used the income statement, which reflects profit as the measure of success. But they didn't consider the time value of money, how time and money have a dynamic relationship. I sell my product today, but I'm only collecting the money 60, 70, 80 days later. If you don't get that relationship right. You could have invoiced for millions. And if it's only coming in three months' time and you've got people knocking on your door asking for the money you owe them, well, that's a cash flow crunch. Absolutely right. In fact, you know, a very good analogy is income and profit really reflect the health of the body. You know, at any one point in time, you can go to a doctor, you can do an ECG and what have you. Your body's looking good. Cash flow is the breath. If you don't stop, if you stop breathing, even for a minute, the body runs out of steam. One last thought then on equity. Okay, equity, as far as I'm concerned, is the most important thing that every entrepreneurial business owner should be focused on. If you adopt the view that you're building your business into an asset of value, which is a business that can be successfully sold one day, then 50% of your time should be focused on equity itself. And Bruce, equity isn't measured by the amount of love you have, the amount of time you've spent in the business, the number of assets and the value of the assets in the business. It's measured by other things. Typically, the timing of when you sell the business, your selection of buyer. Are you selling to someone who desperately wants a business or are you selling to someone who has a choice of four or five other businesses? It relies heavily on your cash flow forecast. And then the final element, it relies heavily on how you've created something special that distinguishes you from your competitors. In other words, have you found customers 
that love what you do, mm-hmm. that you understand well, and that you can systematically, predictably deliver the same experience for them every single time they touch your business. If you get that right, which is where you, where you should be focused as an entrepreneur, you're going to build your equity value. And that ultimately is the purpose of an entrepreneur. I mean, you, you, you've got to have people who build, you, you sort out the cash flows. You've got to have people who generate the income. You've got to have people who help you make the profit. But ultimately, unless you're building that equity, as you say, you've just created the job for yourself and that's fine. You'll draw a salary up until the point where you are obliged to retire one day because you just simply can't do it anymore. And then you close the business down and that's the end of that. Absolutely right. In the very beginning, you've got to do everything. But as time moves along, invest wisely to ensure that time is released for you to focus on the equity portion. That's ultimately the only thing that you will be able to. No, let me put it this way. It's only you who can drive that equity value. No employee can do it for you. Pablo Fatidis from Auric Business Incubator.